0: Welcome back to Hot Blood, a podcast about what it's like to grow up as a first generation American. You might be wondering where I've been. I know, the hiatus was a little longer than expected, but that actually leads me straight into today's subject mental health and immigrant families. Today is the first episode I'm doing alone, which felt right in regards to the subject. Small disclaimer I'm not a mental health professional, so everything I'm about to say is based off of my own opinion, my own experiences, conversations with mental health professionals, and research. So after five incredible episodes, I decided to take the summer off and relaunch in September. Nicole's episode was the perfect finale for the first season. I wanted to make sure that I took the time to really give you guys some good quality stuff. But as with most adults, sometimes life happens, and you have to stop and realign. So that's exactly what I did. As someone who's battled anxiety for most of her life, I could teach a masterclass on how to push through even when you know you need a break. I had two ulcers at the age of 15 from anxiety. What could a 15-year-old really be stressed about that would lead to two ulcers? APE con? No. I never knew how to handle stress or anxiety as a kid, not even in my 20s, honestly. But all it took was a little education to understand how my brain and body worked and how to take care of them so they actually work in a healthy way. Here's the thing. As first-generation Americans, you don't really get to talk about mental health with your family. It's not a thing. In Egypt, where my family's from, if you have a mental health issue, you're considered crazy. It means something's wrong with you. What do you mean you're depressed? You're not sick. You were just laughing. The idea of anxiety is traditionally viewed as just being too nervous, too stressed, a worry bug, someone who's high-strung, sometimes even called neurotic. But they're viewed as personality labels, not symptoms. And when we overlook that, you may be missing out on some big signs, especially in children. Did you know that when kids complain of constant stomach aches, the majority of the time it's anxiety, but they just don't know how to describe it. In one study with 80 children with constant stomach aches, they found that 81% of them had anxiety or depression. Education is important. An auntie in Egypt thought that being sad for a long time after having a baby was completely normal and was shocked when I told her about postpartum depression. My own family didn't know that I used to have postpartum depression, so if you guys are listening, surprise! Again, we don't talk about these things. You don't want to be considered weak, and mental health among immigrant families is considered a weakness, not just because of cultural stigma, but because of what they went through to get here. Think of it. They left their families, their countries, their culture for a new life in America, and you're telling me that you're sad? Come on! The cultural barrier is huge, and part of that is the stigma, but also pride. The majority of immigrant families, whether Arab, Asian, Hispanic, or wherever you're from, value community and reputation. So family members may feel ashamed if it got out that you're seeing a therapist. I want to read an excerpt from an article from the National Alliance on Mental Health from an Asian American author. Quote, There's an underlying fear among the Asian American and Pacific Islander community that getting mental health treatment means you're crazy. If you admit that you need help for your mental health, parents and other family members might experience fear and shame. They may assume that your condition is a result of their poor parenting or a hereditary flaw and that you're broken because of them. Seeking help from those outside the immediate family also conflicts with the Asian and Pacific Islander-specific cultural value of interdependence. After all, why would you pay to tell a stranger your problems when you should be relying on the strength of your community? End quote. Don't air all your dirty laundry in public right this applies across the board latinx american families have also reported the fear of seeking treatment because they don't want to be called crazy or bring shame to their families as have many other first generation americans of course there are other barriers that stop people from getting treatment language barriers finances health insurance or lack thereof and even just not recognizing the signs if an auntie thinks that it's normal to be really sad after having a baby for a while That probably means the conversation isn't loud enough. It means that we need to do more about educating one another. So what needs to change? We need to acknowledge that mental health is just as, if not more important than physical health. If your leg is broken, would you just leave it? If someone else's leg is broken, would you just tell them to man up and move on? No. Mental health can be both circumstantial and biological. Postpartum depression, for example, is a medical condition. It's not a flaw in character or weakness as a mother, and it's not a few weeks of the baby blues. The hormonal change is so great that in some women it leads to psychosis. In one study, they found European Americans, quote, tended to express beliefs about mental illnesses that were aligned with biomedical perspectives on disease. In contrast, Latino and African American study participants more commonly emphasize non-biomedical interpretations of mental illness symptoms, meaning that they focused more on spirituality, moral character, and social explanations for mental illness, end quote. That's the problem. We view it incorrectly. We view it as labels of your personality, of who you are. But it's medical, and just like any medical issue, you get treatment. There are different types of treatment when it comes to mental health. Whether talk therapy or medication, there's a thousand different things you can do and they work. Talk therapy will validate you. It'll help you reframe your thoughts and give you a toolbox of coping mechanisms. I've heard from professionals that mental health is not about about never feeling sad or anxious. It's about having the ability to process your feelings in a healthy way. Your emotions are going to manifest. Either way, it's just up to you how. One person reported that they didn't realize how bad their depression was until their doctor prescribed the medication, and then it felt like they had been asleep for the last few years and just woke up. Again, regardless of what you're going through, it doesn't represent your character, your spirituality, or your family. We live in a world that is changing faster than ever. Our lives are online and we are scrolling all day, given access to the innermost details of everyone's lives. We're constantly comparing ourselves to others and others are comparing themselves to us. I want you to do me a favor next time you're on instagram pay attention to how you're feeling pay attention to your thoughts and see if you catch yourself comparing yourself feeling envious feeling bad about yourself or just having negative or destructive thoughts as first generation americans as children of immigrants we are different we balance identities cultures languages spirituality and the opinions of all the aunties that cross our paths many first gens are the first of their families to go to college Many carry the responsibilities of their family on top of their own. You're not weak if you feel down or overwhelmed or burnt out or not enough or any of the things that a person could feel, no matter what it is. You can talk to someone. If you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders, you can talk to someone. Having someone to talk to outside your family and community is a gift. It comes without judgment, without bias, and without agenda. And if you can't afford a therapist, talk to a friend. If you don't want to talk to a friend, find a teacher, find a mentor, find a counseling center at your school, your work, call a hotline. There are a thousand options available. Thank you all for listening to something that I think is really important. I know this conversation is bigger than just one episode and there's so much to cover and there's so many things to discuss and hopefully we'll get the chance to do that. But I figured this was a good way to ease back in. I will be getting back to interviews as well and I have some really exciting ones coming up. I also think I might mess around with these solo episodes a bit more. And don't forget to follow Hot Blood on Instagram and share your own stories with us there. Remember, we carry the torch for our family's heritage here in America. And as Americans, we are already breaking the stigma here at home. And we will continue to do so, and we will normalize the conversations for future generations to come. Thanks again for listening. Until next time on Hot Blood.